The world of real estate investing is always changing. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, attorney and author Natalia Willett Grice has the expertise to provide valuable guidance on how to navigate the complexities of real estate investing. This is the Legacy Academy. Welcome to Hello and welcome to the Legacy Academy. I'm your host, Justin Grice, the COO of LCO Law. And with me, as always, my wife, attorney Natalia Willett Grice, the author of Tax Deeds, How to Become and Stay Wealthy by Mastering Liens, Possession, and Marketability, and Florida Foreclosure Sales, How to Become and Stay Wealthy by Mastering Objections, Marketability, and Possession. So last week, Natalia gave you really great information that all tax deed investors should know. And so this week, we've chosen to move on to foreclosure sales. This is another great opportunity for real estate investors who you know want to make the most out of their money, right? Mm-hmm. So Natalia... Foreclosures seem pretty self-explanatory, but can you dig a little deeper into what this investment opportunity is about and how it differs from a tax deed? Sure. So uh, in Florida, foreclosures, and I'm talking like mortgage foreclosures, association foreclosures, those are judicial in nature. What does judicial mean? That means that there's actually a lawsuit in court, a judge has to enter a judgment, and that judgment says, hey, Now, clerk, you're going to hold a sale to sell this property and satisfy the judgment. So that's kind of like the difference because tax deeds are administrative foreclosures. There's no judge. There's no order. It's just a, hey, these taxes were delinquent. Somebody bought tax certificates. They uh, waited the sufficient amount of time. And now we've put in a notice in the newspaper, sent notices to where they were supposed to go and are holding a sale. So it's a little bit different in that respect. The type of title that you get is also different, right? In uh, last week, I mentioned how tax deeds are considered brand new, paramount title from the state. That's not what you get at foreclosure. At foreclosure, you get something called a certificate of title, and you get what the plaintiff had. You get their position. That's the kind of title that you get. So if you buy an HOA foreclosure, you are uh, put into the position of the the priority of the lien that the HOA lien had at that moment that they foreclosed. So if there's superior mortgages of record that were recorded beforehand, those survive. If there were other liens that were recorded before the association, right, those survive. So you've got to be really careful and think, you know, what kind of a position am I bidding at here? Because that's the kind of title that I'm going to get. Um, with foreclosures, right, you also have different things that you need to be aware of. And these are kind of like the issues that arise at making purchases of foreclosure. So you, you might be dealing with redemption because there's a period of redemption. Uh, you might be dealing with possession issues, uh, people that don't want to vacate the property. There might be appeals, right, because this is judicial. Uh, you might have to re-foreclose on uh, liens that were missed. Uh, there might be objections after the sale take took place, which is not the same that happens with a tax deed. With a tax deed, you pay and uh, you pay your balance, you get your tax deed, that's it. There's no objection period with a tax deed in Florida. There's a 10-day objection period with foreclosure sales. So it sounds like these are a little bit more complex. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like uh, I know that we've had issues with investors who have come in and bought at like an HOA mm-hmm. and then they give us a call and say I'm being foreclosed on you know yeah. they get a notice <laughs> in the mail saying that well you know Mellon Bank mm-hmm. is coming to take your property so it's important to know where you stand yes 
when you're investing. And definitely to be mindful of multiple foreclosures happening at the same time because that happens fairly often. Sure, sure. Now, where are investors going to find these investment opportunities, the foreclosures? Because we talked about last week tax deeds. They have them online at the auctions. Mm -hmm. You can go to the clerk and see what properties are available, lands available, yep. things like that. Where, where are they going to find these investments? So similarly to tax deed auctions, uh, most counties in the state of Florida have those county auctions online. So they'll have a listing, a calendar. It'll look very, very similar to the tax deed ones. You can also look in the official records to see uh, to look for list pendants filings. That tells you that there is a lawsuit on the real estate and most list pendants filings have to do with foreclosures. So that gives you a little bit of a clue. There's also companies that sell these foreclosure lists that let you know, hey, these, these are potentially going to come up for foreclosure sale. Okay. All right. So there are multiple avenues that you can investigate. Mm-hmm in order to find these, uh, these properties. Yep. And so an investor finds a property that they're interested in. What is the best way to research these potential foreclosure properties and what should they be looking for? So they, they should be doing their due diligence, which means that they should be getting same thing, the title search, municipal lien searches. They need to know what liens are attaching to this property and also seeing what the priority of those liens are because they can cross-reference that with what's actually being foreclosed and who's named there. And all those liens survive unlike a tax deed? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. So it just depends on who was named in the foreclosure as defendants, right? Okay. Who's named as a being inferior to whoever is foreclosing. Um Sometimes you can try to contact the debtors. You should definitely have somebody go look at the property, make sure it's still there. Um, you should really be careful with estates, right? A lot of uh, investors try to go to these foreclosure properties and try to get deals, meaning they try to acquire the property before in a pre-foreclosure transaction. But if the property belongs to somebody that's deceased, right? Remember, getting a quick claim deed isn't going to be enough to give you title. So you might have some probate issues and probate isn't as fast as people think. <laughs> some of them can miraculously happen quickly if a person's been deceased longer than two years. But if they haven't been deceased longer than two years, it can take years to get it done. And that's often not enough time to prevent a foreclosure sale. So be really careful with estates. That's part of the due diligence aspect. All right. Perfect. What are some major factor, uh, factors that investors need to consider when they're evaluating the foreclosure property? So let's talk a little bit about what does it mean by what kind of a foreclosure is it, right? What lien is being foreclosed? Because a foreclosure is essentially this. It is there was a, a judgment or an amount of money in place that was secured by a piece of real estate that is now collateral for whatever that judgment amount is or for that money that was given or, or loaned or for that money that became an obligation of the person in the event of a homeowners association. So you need to see who's that lien holder, right? Um, if you've got Wells Fargo, for example, Wells Fargo may have given a first mortgage, a second mortgage, a third mortgage. You need to see what mortgage are they foreclosing on? Yeah. They could be foreclosing on a third mortgage and you thought it was the superior Wells Fargo mortgage being foreclosed. You really need to look through the complaint and that's publicly available in the dockets. You also need to see and consider did they name all junior lien holders? So you look at your title search, it'll tell you this was recorded at blah, blah, blah date. This was recorded after, this was recorded after. And those things recorded after the party foreclosing 
the bank, the HOA, are junior in priority because they were recorded after. That's the importance of recording, right? So to have nice, cleanish title from a foreclosure, they should be naming in their foreclosure everybody that's a junior lien holder all the way up until the list pendants is recorded, the case is opened. Sure. Um, so you should be checking. Did they name all junior lien holders? Did they dismiss any of them? Because now those people are not being foreclosed out, right? Sometimes you see it in foreclosure cases where the county was named in the, in the um, foreclosure because they had uh, like a mowing lien. And then you see later on, they dismiss the county. Why? <laughs> Why are they dismissing the county, right? County liens can be foreclosed out. That's something really important for you to consider. Uh, some, some liens though are superior period tax liens are superior. They're not going to be foreclosed out in a foreclosure. Um, utility liens are giving super priority. So those are not going to be wiped out in a foreclosure. Utility liens. Can you explain a bit what that like is? Like water. Light, okay. Mm -hmm. Lights, yeah. water, sewage. Yeah. Uh, whatever's held by the county, uh, okay. counties as utility, those tend to have priority under Florida statute. And so they won't be foreclosed out. So you have to kind of like really do a dig of, did they name all junior lien holders? Who's foreclosing? What am I going to get? Those are the major factors. Awesome. Awesome. So how does an investor determine the value of a foreclosure property? So this is in part like a business decision, right? Because what you can afford in your business and what your business is organized to do is going to differ between different sure. investors, yeah. right? But your bid should take into account not just, you know, like here's what I think it's worth. It should take into account, you know, how much you're going to have to pay off in in the taxes owed on that property to date, in HOA dues that are owed on that property, right? Um, in what potential writ and possession litigation is going to cost you? Maybe foreclosure litigation because there were some junior liens that were missed. The cost of rehabbing the property, the cost of your hard money lender, right? The interest mm -hmm. right. <laughs> for how long it's going to take you to fix that up and then sell it again. So that that incorporates market demand, right? And superior lien payoffs. If you're a, a company that buys at these junior foreclosures, like an HOA foreclosure, you're going to have liability to pay off those superior mortgages. So you need to take those numbers into account into your bid as well. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's great information because it all really boils down to the due diligence. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you're really buying, yeah. you're, <laughs> you're going to, yeah, you're going to get screwed. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, are there any legal steps that can, uh, that need to be taken after winning a foreclosure property? So yes. Right. Uh, so let's say there's somebody in the property you need to go through the court system to get possession, whether it's the mortgager or their family are in possession or an actual bona fide tenant in, in the property. You cannot do a self-help eviction. Right. <laughs> you must go through the process of getting an order that grants you the ability to give something to the sheriff to get them out. So possession, definitely. Uh, like I said, foreclosure of Miss Junior liens. That is also litigation. It requires notice to the parties that were missed, giving them an opportunity to redeem the property. Um, other legal steps that might need to be taken. Um, so 
formally requesting payoffs. That's a legal process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you might need to pay off from a mortgage. Uh, you might need to pay off from a homeowners association, and you need to know how to do it. And these, the Florida statutes state the process, but if you're not familiar with it, you should probably get legal counsel to help you with these. And uh, even if you are the winning bidder, right? Gavel went down, you're the winning bidder, you paid, you got a certificate of sale, which is kind of like your bill of sale. It's not a, it's not title, um, but that bill of sale before the 10-day objection period starts. Uh, there might be bankruptcy litigation. Somebody might have filed bankruptcy mm -hmm. in that time period. Yeah. And then as a result of that, you might have to be a party in bankruptcy to see if your sale is valid or not. Um, so those are some of the legal steps that might be required. Right. Uh, one one thing that I'd like to like mention here is we had a recent caller that came in and you explained to me that your intent with the property can also change what the possession rights are and yes. things like that. Can you can you dig a little into that? Yeah. So there is a Florida statute that came into play uh, as a result of the fact that, you know, in after 2008, we had a massive amount of, of foreclosure proceedings. And one of the issues was that tenants were not being properly noticed or that people were being put into place as tenants, but allegedly they didn't know that these properties that they were living in were under foreclosure. So uh, the federal government came up with a notice called the Federal Tenants at Foreclosure Act. And Florida decided to create a very similar act, the Florida Tenants at Foreclosure Act. Um, the law changed a bit too during COVID. Before, the Florida version said, you know, it needs to be a 30-day notice terminating the tenancy. COVID happened and Florida decided to change that from, from 30 days to 90 days to match up with the federal law. Mm -hmm. And so this notice that gets posted to the tenants after you have your title uh, says that the, the tenancy is being terminated and that termination of the tenancy differs based on what your intended use of the property is and the type of tenant that it is. So if it's like a month to month tenant and an oral lease, 90 days, that's it, right? But if there's a written lease in place and it's for longer than the 90 day period, then in order to limit that to 90 days, your intent must be to use that property to move into it as your primary residence and it can't be something that you're just saying it must absolutely be something that's going to be your primary residence to limit it to that 90 days if not and the tenant discovers after the fact after you remove them from the property that this is now an investment property for you you can potentially get sued for violation of the statutory requirements so you've got to be very careful um when it comes down to those possession issues, which is why it's really good to be advised by proper counsel when you're doing these things. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention, you had talked about getting payoffs mm -hmm. from banks and stuff, you know, after a foreclosure uh, has, has taken place after mm -hmm. the foreclosure sale. And one thing that I have noticed is that banks typically will not talk to you. <laughs> okay. If you're not the, um, if borrower. you're not the borrower, mm -hmm. they won't talk to you. So requesting a payoff, asking their payoff department, they're going to be like, okay, what's the borrower's social uh, social security number? Yeah. You don't know that, you know? So get counsel. Yes. Get help because there is a process that is followed in which 
we can help get that payoff right. taken care of. And the thing is, like, um, there are Florida laws that are created to make sure that you as a title holder, right, you're not the borrower, you're not the one that has the promissory note obligations, but you as a title holder have the right to get a payoff. Um, many of these larger uh, banks and their servicers have very poorly trained staff that only know the federal law about, you know, like you've got to only disclose this to borrowers, blah, blah, blah. And so they will deny access to title holders. So we know how to, you know, and any real estate attorney that's properly trained in this will know how to request a payoff um, so that you can actually find out <laughs> what the liabilities are and what you bought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are some other risks that are associated with purchasing foreclosure properties? So aside from the risks of maybe bidding at the wrong one where there are superior mortgages that you didn't know about, right? Yeah. And, and uncooperative occupants because <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes people don't want to leave. Um, they, some of the other risks are, for example, like not knowing what, what amount of homeowner association assessments are owed, right? That's not necessarily public. Right. Um, and an HOA isn't going to disclose that info until and unless you're the title holder. Yep. So there might be tens of thousands of dollars that you didn't account for. Um, bankruptcy, like I said, is a big risk and it's all a dance of when somebody filed for bankruptcy as to how that impacts the bid and, and the auction being valid. There's also something that, you know, we in the legal realm called sovereign citizens. So, <laughs> <laughs> so sovereign, yeah, so sovereign citizens are individuals who believe they are above the law, who believe they are their own country, who file a series of nonsensical pleadings that say that the, that piece of real estate is now their own country, not subject to U.S. law. And they tr delay and delay and file uh, a series of crazy pleadings. So sovereign citizens are one of the risks that comes with foreclosure <laughs> properties. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not good for foreclosure um, investors, but they are entertaining to read their pleadings. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you you just be mindful, right, before you bid at an auction. If you see a substantial like hundreds of pleadings in a case, that's going to give you a a little bit of a flag to realize that maybe there's a sovereign citizen involved, and that will require more legal fees than in a traditional foreclosure because they do have to be addressed what they file until and unless a judge says you can't file a single additional thing without counsel, which they do have the power and authority to do. Mm, right. Do, um, are all of these dockets available to the public so they can look into the pleadings, you know, the foreclosure? Yes. Yes. Th they, those are all public? Those are all, yes. Civil proceedings, foreclosure proceedings are open and available to the public in the state of Florida. They are not like uh, marital law proceedings and probate proceedings, which are generally not publicly available unless you physically go. Sure. Okay. Now, what strategies in your, you know, in your 13 years of experience, what have you seen the strategies that successful investors use to maximize the profits on their foreclosure properties? So uh, first and foremost, that due diligence, I cannot drill that into your brain enough. You really absolutely need to know what you're going to bid for before you spend a, a penny bidding. Uh, you should have on hand investor-friendly title companies. Some of them will even do some of those title searches for free or low cost for you because you are regularly using them for closings. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a, like a built-in marketing uh, strategy that they have. And you need to have a real estate litigator on call, on retainer, to address <laughs> the questions that will come up. 
Uh, I, I, for example, have some clients that have been working with me for over 10 years in which, you know, something weird or unusual uh, comes up. They, they know that they can access me fairly quickly to get an answer on what's going on. But those are people that are on retainer. Yeah. But make sure you uh, leave some buffer time in there as well. Yes. Yes. You know, you, if you have to make a decision tomorrow, you know, and you need an attorney at 430 the day before. That might not be possible. It might not be yeah. possible. Um, what are some of the benefits of purchasing at foreclosures versus traditional real estate transactions? Well, I mean, you've got lower costs, right? So there's not going to be a realtor commission. There's not going to be the expectation of market value. Um, there's not going to be closing fees involved. The, the clerk will, of course, collect the stamp taxes on the value of whatever your winning bid is because those are the state taxes <laughs> on transfers. Right. Uh, you're going to have less competition because it's only accessible to people with the cash now, right? yeah. which is a much smaller pool of much potential pool. buyers. Um, you also get the benefit of those junior liens that were properly named being wiped out. So they're not something that has to be paid off through like a traditional closing. And therefore, that's what makes cheaper things available. And one of the best benefits of acquiring at foreclosure, like literally at the foreclosure auction, I'm not talking before, is that you don't need to do a probate. No. If something's owned by an estate, no probate is necessary to complete the effect of the foreclosure auction. So once yeah. you have a certificate of title, you don't need to go back and try to complete a probate for yeah, no dealing with the heirs, yeah. no dealing mm -hmm. with yeah, that that's that's important. Mm -hmm. Um lastly, what are three things that investors must do to be uh, successful with these foreclosure auctions? So, number 1, again, do your due diligence. I'm going to buy you a stick and paint due diligence on it, man. <laughs> Number two, right? Have a cushion for litigation. This is litigation. There are things that will come up. Almost every foreclosure auction will have something come up, even as small as some counties requiring that you as the winning bidder create the certificate of title. And if you're not familiar with how to create these, you need an attorney to help you create these, right? Um, so you need a litigation cushion. And you need to learn what to say, and most importantly, what not to say. What not to say to those debtors, what not to say to the occupants. It is so incredibly important. Learn how to not create contractual relationships that didn't exist before, how to not put these burdens on yourself that didn't exist before. Uh, like, for example, with a an occupant at the property, right? And you say, okay, you give me a, a thousand bucks and you can stay for the next two weeks. You've now created a landlord tenancy relationship that did not exist before. So you right. have to be very, very careful with what you say, learn to not say <laughs> things Absolutely. and to speak with your real estate attorney before you go and communicate with occupants or debtors. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast application. And then tune in every Monday to get more tips on how to avoid investing's legal pitfalls and take your real estate business to the next level. You can also find us online at lcolawfl.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a legacy academy fl.